Hi Nick, how are you? Hi Martin, uh, rubbish, how are you? Oh dear, I'm okay, I'm okay. Why are you so rubbish today? Just uh, everything, uh, from yeah. work, football, EU referendum, <laughs> cr- a really bad night's sleep, that's probably what's made it all pilot, like seem doubly worse. But yeah, that never helps. Yeah. Yes, it's been a pretty dramatic week really, hasn't it? It has, yeah. What should we talk about first? What should we get out of the way? <laughs> I think we should just start with the... Well, let's foot- talk about the football. That's probably the easiest. Okay, go for it. Yeah, it was just crap, wasn't it? It, it was <laughs> awful. Yeah, I managed to. It was a Monday night, and I was thinking, should I go to the pub? Should I not go to the pub? And then a couple of my friends went, so I said, yeah, I sod it, I'll go. And it was just awful. You know, from from the get go, it just didn't seem like we were going to do anything. No, that, I got nothing else to say about it. We can no. just tick that tick that off as talked about now. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> I uh, I said to Sophie either that evening or the day after. I said I'm not paying any attention to football anymore <laughs> even Liverpool or England or anything just if I put say that there's football on I'm going to put it on the telly tell me I'm not allowed to watch it <laughs> see how long that lasts can't be bothered well I'm always like that really and then it gets around to a competition like the Euros or the World Cup and then oh, I'll just watch a couple of games and then I get back into it again but yeah mm. it's pretty awful never mind right what's next well we're seven days later now aren't we after the EU referendum thing yeah yeah Mm. What, a, what a shock that was I don't you know I was thinking about how to talk about this on the podcast because I know there's people who've listened some voted out some voted remain and I don't want to insult anybody but I'm just I'm disappointed nobody has come out looking good out of this no not not the people who've asked the people who voted because everyone's been on Facebook you know slagging each other off and giving their political opinions and so on the politicians haven't come out looking good the media hasn't come out looking good yeah and nothing good is going to come from it in the end anyway because it's going to whichever way whether we stay in or out there's going to be lots of unhappy people um you know if everyone who who voted out seems to think you know because the footsie's back up to levels where it was before everything's okay but the amount of and they think oh hooray we can trade with everyone now and so on and so forth but the amount of bureaucracy and money that's going to have to be spent negotiating all these trade deals and trying to negotiate a deal with the EU to stay in the single market is just going to negate any goodness that comes out of it, I think. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it, really. It's just, just crazy. It just mm. doesn't doesn't seem to make any sense. I mean, for a while, when the whole campaign was going on, I was kind of thinking, oh, do I, do I want to remain? Do I want to leave? And I wasn't actually sure until quite close to the to voting. Not because of what the... Leave campaign was saying because they were just coming out with all sorts of crap. But the whole sort of you know bureaucracy and EU regulations and all that sort of stuff. And and it was only when I actually got into it and did a bit of research in a bit more detail that I convinced myself that I was a Remainer. Um, but, but but it seemed obvious as soon as I'd done that. You know, <laughs> it was uh, it was like if you put any thought into it at all, it seemed obvious that. Um, well, from my point of view, anyway, that remain was the way to go. Mm. So yeah, so it, it was weird because I went to bed on the the Thursday night, what, and I'd watched the first sort of hour hour or so of the BBC program, you know, covering uh, the result, and everyone was kind of like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be remain and all the rest of it." So I thought, "No, that's all right." Then I'll go to bed. I won't bother staying up. And I woke up in the morning, and turned the radio on, and it was like, "What? But <laughs> what's happened?" <laughs> it was just bizarre. Yeah, I watched the first few results come in because they were kind of they weren't what they were expecting at all. I went to bed shortly after that. I think it was Newcastle and Sunderland to come in. And, yeah, uh, it wasn't looking good then, so I thought, oh, sod it. I wake up and 
might be surprised, but yeah. <laughs> so when it came out as an outvote, I wasn't uh, wasn't too surprised. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. And then the political parties decide they're going to self destruct the day after. Yeah, yeah, it's all a mess, a big mess. I think the the hope was that I'd come, move to Bude, and uh, all this would seem seem so distant and so far away. I wouldn't <laughs> care anymore, but. I need to go back to uh, blocking bbc.co.uk and my host file and just stop paying any attention to it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just put your head in the sand for the next few years and see what happens. Next few years? Ten years, I reckon. Ten years, yeah. yeah. I reckon, this is my prediction anyway, I reckon there's going to be there's there's going to be two or three more big twists before this is all over and I don't reckon we're going to leave the EU anyway. Do you think? No, I don't think so. I've heard a few people mention things like that. It's uh, It's, yeah, it's interesting. Who we'll knows? See. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So, what else have you been up to then? Well, working, I guess. Other than that, what have you been working on? You doing? I don't have. I don't have anything positive to say about work. So, if you oh. want to go first to uh, to bring some sunshine to the podcast, <laughs> okay. Well, um, ho- yeah. Hopefully, I like say. I can say as well. You you forced me into doing this podcast. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you were. You were. I didn't keen. want to do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> nothing good to talk about. <laughs> So you've got to bring the sunshine, Martin. We've got to do it. Sunshine. I'm bringing a rain, you bring the sunshine. Okay, well, I've got a little bit of sunshine, I think. So okay. I'll just wade into updates then. So I, um, I've I sort of, the freelance project, again, is still rumbling along and that goes on. It's just, I think we had a meeting last week. Yes, it was last week. And it's going to go on until September, probably. Um, so that's going to carry on, which is good and bad all at the same time. Um, but that's enough about that. So... After the exhibition, I had 12 people to follow up with, which I did. And um, out of those 12, I had one come back saying they're not interested at the moment because they're doing their own thing and they're going to see how that goes. And then I had two come back that wanted demos. So I did those demos and they went pretty well and both of those want to come on board. So that's that's really good. That's good. So now it's the slow sort of rumbling process of getting them actually on board. So they're not, you know, 100% committed customers yet, but they really want to be. Um, something which has thrown a slight spanner in the works, which is my fault more as much as anything for not making it clear, is the whole costs of accepting card payments. So there's the cost of, you know, the system, um, the monthly cost of the system. But then there's also a, a cost, obviously, on each transaction that they take by, by card payment. Um, and although I had mentioned that in the demonstrations, that, the, that they needed a card payment processor and all the rest of it, it occurred to me on Monday, they may actually not know what that means and what the implications are. So I had to follow up with them with sort of spreadsheets for templates for them filling in the data to import. And um, so I also followed up by saying, you know, just have you already got a payment process of credit cards? I'm hoping that they have, but I'm not sure they will have. Um, and if you have, what is it? Otherwise, you'll need to think about getting one. And I haven't heard anything back yet. I need to follow up with them probably tomorrow. Um, but that occurred to me as that might be a concern. Mm. So That's good. Though. What, um, how much new revenue will that bring to you? Not an enormous amount. Um, it, they're, they're small clubs. They're both small clubs, so it's around about £100 a month, something like that. So it's, yeah, it's not uh, it's not substantial, but it's it's again a step in the right direction. Mm. 
Um, I've also got customer number four coming on board at the moment who were one that I've had sort of on the back burner for ages. It's one of the clubs that my daughter goes to. So um, that that's kind of been on the cards. It's just a matter of getting it moving. And so they're coming on board now. Although they're probably, none of these are going to start until September when the new term starts, which is kind of, I think, the way things are going to go now. If I get new new clubs coming on board, they're going to hold off until September because the summer holidays are so close. Um, that's the way they'll want to be. So, yeah. That's um, just the way it is. So that's quite good. So that's my sunshine. <laughs> I've got a few customers that are like to come to come on board. Well, that's good. So you might find that August is always a busy month for you, preparing all your new customers for the uh, start of the new term. Then yeah, it may well be. It may well be. Um, as long as I can get those new customers, that's the key thing. Um, it's, it's 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 funny how difficult it is actually. <laughs> you know, because following up takes its time, but it's it's not that arduous. But it takes a fair bit of time, and then preparing the demo doing the demo you know it takes up all my so my outreach hours have been not so much doing outreach and they've been more um preparing for demos and following up and that sort of stuff mm. so i'm beginning to predict that my 100 customers by the end of the year is <laughs> probably you know way 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 above what it's going to be um just just sheer time i think is the, is the issue as usual mm yeah, but it's progress, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. As long as I keep going forward and getting more customers, I think that's good. Awesome. So your not-so-sunny sunny news, how's it been going? Yeah, so this is where I, I feel I'm hitting a brick wall is in terms of not making any progress. Um, and so there is one one good thing I can talk about, one win. The um, the people that I were help, was helping out with the, the golf villa business they started up in Portugal, Yeah, they've um, I kind of helped them out for a month for free, just setting up some Facebook ads, and they've gone on to a retainer now which is good excellent um, so i'm helping just look after their website and social stuff and things like that um so that's two people on the retainer now which is gareth and the golf villa people uh that's good if I, if I could get another eight people like that then that would almost that you know that pays the salaries that's that would be lovely but uh we'll see but the model i guess is to try and get golf pros paying between 30 to 50 pounds a month isn't it for a yeah for a product type thing um so so when you say products is that that will involve you doing some work, though, won't it? So that'll be like a productized service, or what for the for the villa people? For the uh, for the golf pros that you want to get on for the fifty quid a month? Well, no, not really. That's uh, I guess for those guys, it's the website hosting and then the the, the kind of CRM bit that I haven't built yet for managing their clients. And, right. Okay. Yeah. And then almost a guidance thing about how they should be doing their social media marketing and email marketing and stuff, rather than me actually doing it. Um, right. Whereas for the people that are on a retainer, I'm actually doing a lot of that work for them right okay got you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i kind of it's it's really strange at the moment well, not strange but it's almost and it may well be the same for you it's almost like where one good email can either make make or break your day <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah and so you know there's been over the past couple of weeks there's been like a day or two where i've had an email from a referral or something like that and you're kind of like yeah <laughs> then <laughs> Another day is just nothing and just no emails or no contact or anything like that, and you kind of like feel like you're banging your head against the brick wall. So yeah, it's a real roller coaster. I find it's, you get that email where where they say, "Yeah, we definitely want a demo or whatever or something like that," and and then you're on cloud nine, and then about ten minutes later, it's like, "Oh shit!" Now I've got to prepare everything and make sure everything's ready, and now you've got all this work to do to get ready for it. Yeah. So you're kind of up and down and up and down, and it's when am I going to fit that in? I have no idea. It's, so that's the. Um, 
I guess that's a roller coaster of being a founder or mm. running a company is that you've got to deal with that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, so I guess although I built some parts of a product, which is a basic hosting platform for a site for the Golf Pros, I'm still kind of in product market fit area, I guess. Yeah. And so what I've been trying to do is just contact as many Golf Pros as possible to find out if you know they have a need for what what I'm trying to build or even just try and get them talking in some way to find out if there's any other problems I can help them with. Um, so I've tried these. I've got a list of things I've tried <laughs> and I've got a list of things still to try. So the things I've tried um, are sending quite a few emails. So I've probably sent about 70 emails so far of wow. various types. Um, so the golf pros aren't too difficult to find. Uh, a lot of them are on Twitter um, and you can either then you can find their email address from their an existing website they've got up or whatever. Um, so I've tried sending just you know a really short email saying you know I can help you with your golf business, free up your time, make you more, help you make more money. That didn't really get any didn't get any feedback. Um, I tried a longer email, so you know like a long sales letter email. Yeah. Again, nothing. <laughs> um, I've tried a tried the. That's a completely different thing with a, a weird subject title, which was gently knocking, and then a kind of pain dream fix email. Yeah. Um, I only sent some of those out yesterday, actually, and nothing back from those either. Um, I, uh, the first email I sent, actually, the short one, that was kind of introducing the course that I put together, the five lessons to grow your golf business. Yeah. So my idea was, yeah, to try and push people through that funnel to, to learn more about how I could help them. And I think I did actually get like eight people sign up from that, I think. Um, that's pretty good but then those people went through the course most of them did open the emails and kind of read them you assume and so then about two days after they'd finished going through the course I sent them another email personally so not automated saying you know this is a new new area I'm looking into after helping out a few golf pros over the last 12 months and getting good results and then did you find the, the email course useful any light bulb moments anything you think I've missed and I've not heard anything back from them <laughs> Is it uh, worth giving him a call? Well, I'll come on to that in a second. I'll go through okay. what else I've, I've okay. tried. Um, because I had like these 70 email addresses and I'd emailed them all like a personal one, I thought I would just be a bit naughty and send them like an e email newsletter type thing. Right. So I wrote uh, a kind of tips type thing, email newsletter about um, why, you, why as a golf pro you should be on Google My Business, um, which you should have got as well, actually. I did get that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I sent that out. It was open by about 40%, I think, which is pretty good. Mm. Um, no responses, though. Nothing. <laughs> like, even when um, we used to send the Lightning Tools emails newsletter out, and that was just a purely sales email newsletter, and we used to get responses back from that. Um, so anyway, so no, nothing back from that. The golf pros that I found on Twitter that don't have a website in their profile or anything like that, I've tried tweeting them, so doing that reply um, and kind of pointing them to to the course. Nothing from that. Um, LinkedIn Premium. So LinkedIn I thought would be quite useful because I could search. The, the people I've had success with so far have been all uh, assistant professionals at their golf shop. Right. So they're generally younger, getting started in their golf teaching career and so on. So they need might either won't have a website set up or you know won't, won't want. Uh, and so you can search in LinkedIn for assistant PGA professional, and it brings up a lot of people. And so as part of the LinkedIn Premium, you can go for a trial for a month um, which gives you the ability to do 10 kind of outreach messages within the LinkedIn platform right thought it would be good I thought this would work quite well I've sent 10 messages so far out of the 15 I've had no replies <laughs> <laughs> so 
So uh, is, is your call to action for them to reply to you? Um, so there's been two call to actions. One was to sign up for the email course. Mm. Um, and yeah, one was to reply if they need any help or, yeah, I guess it was like, you know, if you need any help with your online marketing or your website, please get back to me. Yeah. So maybe that's not a direct enough thing. I don't know. But, um, and then so finally the last thing I tried is Twitter ads. Um, and yeah, it's not been great. Mm. Yeah. So to go back to your question about, calling them up yeah um from working with the golf professionals i know they're so busy in the pro shop of members coming into the shop all the time you just can't get them on the phone for you know a decent amount of time to be able to speak to them really right yeah they're always kind of like you're on the phone and you can hear the door the ding of the door opening and a member coming in one in mm. the replacing on their driver or something like that yeah um but so i don't really want to i i don't want to do cold phone calls um i've got no the whole idea is i guess is to send an email or get them on the drip email course to initiate contact and then for them to show interest. And then I'm happy to call them or arrange, you know, a, a time when they're not going to be busy mm. to speak to them. Um, but yeah, I don't fancy doing phone, cold phone calls. I no, no, I get that. Yeah. So yeah. I think, cause the reason I asked is that, um, so I had these 12 fo- people to follow up with from, um, from the exhibition and I, I emailed them all and I know, so I made notes when I was, after I'd spoken to people, I, I knew which ones were the more interested ones and which ones were the less interested ones, you know, even though they said to follow up with them. Um, and of the replies I got, um, the two that, have, that are going to sign up, you know, touching wood, um, they they were marked down as very interested, you know, when when I made my notes. And there are a couple of others that haven't replied yet. So I'm thinking... It may just be that they're busy, you know, and so mm. my emails come in and then it's gone again because something else has happened or whatever. So I'm thinking I'm going to actually phone them rather than try and email them again. At least, yep. the, at least the ones that I marked as very interested and see what they see what they have to say, because um, it'd be a shame to lose them, you know, having spent the money and the time and all the rest of it. Um, mm. So yeah, so I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. But yeah, that's something I'm going to do. Yeah, so I've got still to try. A list of things I'm going to try uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, so the, the newsletter I did send out about Google My Business, um, I'm going to write 20 more articles like that and keep sending them out, perhaps on a weekly basis as a newsletter thing. Yeah. Because you know it is all about timing as much as anything. Whereas someone might be happy with their website right now, but in you know five weeks' time, they might be thinking they need their website needs a refresh, or you know they've lost a bunch of customers and they want to get some new ones. And my email just happens to land at the right time. So yeah, yeah, there is a certain amount of um, you know consistency of of reaching out to these people. I think right. Yeah. And with the twenty articles, I want to automate Twitter to a certain degree as well to you know to tweet it out at certain times, do twenty articles and rotate through them, and try and capture leads with a lead capture thing at the bottom of the article as well. So mm. keep keep doing that. Um, That's the good thing about having written it, isn't it? That you can now keep reusing it. Yes, and anybody else, you know, I tried contacting. Um, I think it's fifteen emails I sent out yesterday. And so those guys, even if they don't reply to me, I can feed them into the newsletter funnel then, I guess, to uh, until they unsubscribe, basically. So um, I'll keep getting contact messages from me. Um, so I think there's some LinkedIn groups that are private groups that are uh, full of, you know, you have to be a golf professional to join them. Um, and so I might ask Gareth or a couple of the other guys I've helped out so far to, if they're a member of that group, to perhaps do a bit of promotion for me, proxy promotion, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. 
to say, you know, if uh, Nick has helped me out with this in a big way, if anybody else is looking for some help with their marketing to uh, to get in contact. Um, right. But that's relying on those guys to do me a favor of doing that, which I think they will do, but we'll see. Um, and then I think the email course I put together, the title of it is kind of five lessons to grow your golf business. I think that sounds a bit preachy. Um, and it's not, I don't think it's got enough, it's not tactical enough, got enough tactics in there. So I think I might change it to five ways to grow your golf business and put five different tactics in each email that they can kind of action. Okay, that sounds good, yeah. Which I might do, so. Yeah, because if they can do something that you've recommended straight away and they get a benefit, then that's good, isn't it? Yeah, because the first email that I put together for that course is kind of like, you know, you should be looking at everything you do as being a marketing opportunity, whether it's a lesson, blah, 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 blah. But I think something more tactical would be, here's the Google page speed tool you know your website needs to be fast to rank better on google go away and test your page right now by putting your url in and let me know what the score is or something like that or, yeah. or if your score's under 80 get in touch and i can tell you how to how to speed your site up type thing yeah yeah cool well, that sounds good so you've we'll got see. you've got places to go so it's not like um it's not like the end of the uh the end of the road you've got places to go yeah it's just it's it's disappointing because there's no progress in terms of getting a new customer. I kind of feel, well, from speaking to the people like the Gulf Villa people from Gareth, you know, they're so happy with the work that I've done for them. I kind of think that it's something that everybody else would want, but I'm obviously not getting it over in well in a well enough, good enough way for other people to be interested. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the offering that I've put together, the basic offering of, you know, a site and, and, you know, ongoing coaching for their social media on social media, and I think I've got it as like £20 a month plus VAT it's, I kind of see it, see it as being a no-brainer and mm. if people aren't going for it then I, I, I bet there are going to be some golf pros as well that just actually quite like the life the way it is you know just relying on people coming in the shop and booking up and all the rest of it they're not that bothered about getting more sales mm. you know, some, of the, some of them are going to fit that category anyway I'm sure yeah it's yeah. true I mean the backup I know is bad I'm already thinking of a backup plan but <laughs> I think the backup plan is or would be to just start offering the kind of retainer type thing I've done for Gareth and the Gulf Villa people just for other small to medium sized businesses in general mm. uh, and don't try and specialise with the Gulf pros but I haven't given up yet <laughs> not not totally <laughs> yeah. yeah you've got, got a way to go I think before you think about that yeah Yeah. so cool. there you go alright well I had um Another so one of the things after the last podcast was that um, Ed, who's given me so much advice on the exhibitions in the first place, he uh, he got in touch again and sort of encouraged me to to write down now or or, or then when he emailed me um, sort of reasons for and against doing another one of those exhibitions while everything was fresh in my mind, which was a really good idea. Um, so to try and work out whether I'd do it again, so I did that. Um, and it was, it was yeah, it was quite interesting. I think the summary is I probably would do another one, at least another one, and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came up with, like the pros of going to the exhibition was that I got in front of the sort of real customers, you know, real potential customers rather. It's people who, who have the problem. And so I was able to see who they are, you know, they talk about having profiles for marketing. So if, if you see who the who your customer is, then that, that helps you. Uh, and having talked to them obviously helps. 
Uh, another benefit was meeting other companies in the sector um, and finding out what they've got to say, what they're doing, that sort of stuff that gives you a, a really good idea about what people are looking at and looking for, you know, generally. And then the other thing was I enjoyed it. So I, although it was quite hard work and quite tiring, um, it was quite good fun as well. So I did enjoy it. So those are the main reasons, pros, if you like, and my, my cons were that it's quite, although it was a relatively cheap stand, it was still quite a high cost per lead. Um, if you look at what I got out of it. And then there's obviously, it's quite a lot of time out from work as well to attend and to prepare and all the rest of it. It's quite a lot of effort um, for not a lot of leads. Now, whether that would change if I was more established and had more existing customers and more leads in the pipeline, you know, um, it's hard to say, but that those were my, my, my cons. Mm. And then Ed also mentioned that's, you know, a good idea to write down sort of things that you do better if you if you went to another one so i've kind of decided that i probably will do another one um if the dates work and everything and so the things i think i need to do better one of the tips was to contact more people that might be going to the to the exhibition and although i did contact a few just the lack of time meant that i didn't contact enough so putting a bit of thought into that i think what i'd do next time is i'd target potential customers in the area where the exhibition is you know within like a 50 mile radius or whatever maybe maybe a bit further than that um just because those are the people that are more likely to go because it's easy to travel there um and then i'd probably use rather than emailing them i might use direct mail or something like that um to with a specific leaflet mentioning that we're going to be at the expo but obviously also with the whole um call to action and stuff about the the product um and then again the the exhibition organizers had some marketing channels you know where you could market to the attendees um that's something that's probably worth thinking about but i'm not 100 percent sure about that and then the final thing that occurred to me was I, one of the problems i had was that the stand was really busy the the sort of footfall past the stand was really busy in the mornings but in the afternoons it was pretty dead but there were still people there you know there were they were in other places of the the exhibition so i wonder if I should probably try to look to get a better position stand if I'm going to do it again, which probably means booking up earlier. Um, yeah, so those are the things that I'd do before. And then during, the the main thing I think that I'd change about what I did during the exhibition was try to ask more sort of open questions of the people that did visit and sh expressed any sort of interest whatsoever. I was... I tended to be quite quick to get to the what's your contact details, kind of contact you next week rather than explore the sorts of things they were talking about. So I think doing that would be good because I did learn quite a bit about how these people work and what they um, what they were looking for and what the problems were. But, you know, if I could try and shut up a bit more and listen to them a bit more, then that would be helpful, I think, to find out even more. Mm. So, so yeah, so, so that was a really useful exercise to, to get those things noted down. Um, and then I'm going to have to decide pretty soon whether I'm going to do the next one because I think the next one's in September uh, or maybe look for a different one um, yeah if you're going to do direct mail and stuff like that beforehand you'd, well, when would you send that out like a month before uh, I hadn't thought that far ahead actually um, a month so yeah I can say I haven't got that long to even get that out then if, uh, if you're going to do September one it's true it's going to be August isn't it I'll have to send it yeah Yes, you're right. I need to start thinking about that. 
Yeah. Mm. How cool. about uh, booth babes? That's what you need. <laughs> I joke, I don't. <laughs> they were always a Absolutely really touchy not. subject at SharePoint conferences. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Yeah, because some of the, because obviously there's lots of blokes go to the SharePoint conferences generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so some of the bigger companies hide booth babes, but they're always, you know, frowned upon by the female attendees and stuff. And it's not a practice we ever did. No. Or ever would want to have done. But. It, it reminds me of um, Brett Palumbo's business cleavage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That used to make me laugh. Yeah, very good. So I had a question for you actually, which I'm not sure I've 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 asked you in uh, before. Uh, are you going to MicroConf Europe? Nope, you're not. Right. I thought it happened, didn't it? Didn't you go a little while ago? No, <laughs> no. It, se- it seems like it wasn't that far away, but it was last year. It was oh, last, was it? Last Fine. August. It, it's happening on the 31st of July. Wow. So it's a bit earlier this year, but yeah, it's coming up. I've booked. I'm going, and I've booked the hotel. I've just not sorted out flights or anything. Um, I need to get my arse into gear for that. Or is it Barcelona? Yeah, Barcelona again. Yeah. So we're probably going to go before. And you should have got your euros, shouldn't you, before the Europe referendum? I though. know. I didn't. I, I'm just not that far, <laughs> far ahead in my thinking. I know that was a bit of a mistake. They might not let you in either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see. Did you um? Going back to the EU thing, did you did you see the news yesterday? Because Scotland want to stay in, don't they? Cause they do. And but uh, but and so Nicola Sturgeon was over in Brussels yesterday trying to speak to as many EU ministers as she could. But um, because Spain have got a separatist region as well, haven't they? The Basque region. Yes. Went to be separate. They've just flatlined said no. We're not even talking to Scotland because obviously they're fearful if Scotland separate from the UK, then the Basque region uh, won't save right. Spain. So. Yeah. Such far-reaching consequences. And it, uh, coming again, this is the only thing I'm going to say about the referendum is that it's amazing that people have voted for out when there's no clear plan. I don't understand how they can have taken such a big decision. I, I think that... Sorry to have come back on to this. No, no, I think it's, I think it's good. Um, I think that whilst lots of people that voted leave probably did have, did, you know, I'm sure lots of them did actually work it out and think about it. And like I said, I was I actually did a bit of research on both ends to try and work out what I wanted to do. And I'm sure lots of people came to logical conclusions and that's why they did it. But I think also a lot of people just believed what these guys were saying. You know, I mean, this the the, the migration problem is seems to be for, at the forefront of lots of people's minds. I mean, it was never anything that I was particularly concerned about. But I'm sure there are lots of people that didn't see beyond that, really, and just went for that. Mm. Never mind. Yeah. Have you got any stuff? Um, not links or anything. Any other thing to mention is I've been doing a bit of cycling. Uh, there's some good cycle routes actually around Bude, so I've uh, been venturing out on those. A couple Lovely. of um, old routes where the railway line used to go because the railway station in Bude got scrapped probably in the 50s or 60s whenever they did that uh, scrappage of, of branch lines and so on. So the, uh, some sections of that have been made in cycle paths now, which is really good. So Cool. Uh, I've been doing that and the local bike shop there's a, a mountain biking club that's associated with it and I was chatting to the guy yesterday and what they've done is um, they've actually bought some woodland I think you know you always see those woodlands for sale signs oh yeah you always kind of wonder who are the people who buy them well it seems like mountain biking clubs might be one of them <laughs> because ah. they've bought some woodland and they've turned it into their own trails and stuff and, and also yeah. rented some house nearby so I'm going to look to get involved with that as well which is good it's funny you say that because uh, one of the people I met at the um, 
at the exhibit exhibition. There was a couple there, and they'd actually got one one of these woodlands as well. They saw they did what you did. They saw the sign, and they actually went and bought one. Mm. And then, I'd love to get one. There was um, there was one because I've looked on that woodlands. I think it's woodlands.co.uk, isn't it? Yeah. I've looked on their site every now and again, and occasionally one will come up with a cabin that you can't live in, but you can stay in every now and again for when you're doing work on site, and that would be like the perfect place. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously most, most of the woodlands you would buy, doesn't it? You, you wouldn't get permission to put up a cabin or anything there, but because there's one already there, you could you can use it for overnight stays. So. Cool. If you want, if you'd like to escape from screaming babies during a night, which is what I want to do, then it would be perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah. And escape from the news and the EU referendum results and everything in the football. <laughs> Absolutely. God. So I got a couple of stuffs as well. Something that I've been meaning to mention on a couple of podcasts which I saw, which is there's a conference, a bootstrappers conference happening in Brighton next week, 6th of July. Okay. The Lifetime Value Conference. Mm. And it looks really good. <laughs> I kind of wish I was going. Um, and there still are tickets left, but I can't make it, unfortunately. Um it's uh, ltvconf.com. I'll stick the link in the show notes. But it looks really good. Some great speakers. They've got um, Patrick McKenzie, um, George Palmer from Sendal, who we interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's loads. It's worth definitely worth having a look. Cool. Um, and the other thing was, there was a, I don't know if you get Hinton Shaw's email, weekly email. No, I don't know. Well, he had a link in there, which I found actually always his, it's worth signing up for his email because he always has good links in there. But there was one that was a link to a Ycom, uh, Hacker News um, thread about one person SaaS apps that are profitable, where people were posting links to their apps and talking about their apps that they've got that are profitable. And it's quite good to have a look at for a bit of inspiration. Um I'm glad you remember that actually, because I had I have that on my list of things to say. Yeah, well, yeah. there's actually, there's a follow-up one as well um, that was referenced in that one. Ah, oh, just lost it. Uh, profitable SaaS. How did you grow your business? Ah, right. Do you want to stick the link in the yeah, sh- yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Include that as well. Cool. Um, yeah, I find it really good. I mean, it, the thing that always amazes me when I see these things is you look at the apps that people are building and making decent money out of, and sometimes they're quite simple. You know. Mm. And you just think, is that accidental that they've just you know, whacked something out on a weekend and it's become successful, or are they just master marketers? You know, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. I always look at what I'm doing and I think, God, that's far too complex. <laughs> um, but there you go. This is kind of what what I'm struggling with at the moment with the golf golf sites thing. Is that I kind of. I feel that it's so. I feel it's such a compelling offer that it should take off quite quickly and straight away. Um, and if it doesn't, if it's not like a fuck yeah, let's do it, then it's kind of always going to dwindle along. And so it'd be better to kill it off now and find something else that either you know is a yes straight away or or no. I I know uh, you know there's loads of people that say you have to put the long. It's a long, long hard slog and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's also people like oh I don't know. I was going to say like Derek Sivers with his fuck yeah thing, manifesto thing. I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've, um, in some dark moments, I've contemplated what I'd do if I can't get more customers. And I'm in this weird situation where I've got some customers that I wouldn't want to let down or I want to support. Mm. But if I did decide to knock it on the head, you know, if I, couldn't fi- if I can't find any more customers, let's say by the end of the year, then I, there's no point carrying on, is there? I don't know. Um, 
I, I guess I should think about that when I come to it. I'm not anywhere near that yet. But um, in some dark moments, it does sometimes occur to me that I've got a bit of a difficult situation if I ever, did ever have to do that. But Yeah, with lightning tools, and this is again why I think I'm perhaps bringing, banging my head against the brick wall trying to make something work when it perhaps won't, is that you know the first tool Metaman took off quickly and we developed other products from then onwards and either a product started well and carried on well or it just it didn't start well and it never took off <laughs> mm. so I'm kind of like at the same point now and I guess why I should carry on is that all the perhaps the material I'm going to be creating like these 20 articles I've set as a goal to do although I'm going to be writing them targeting golf professionals now they're going to be multi-purpose ones anyway so they're, they're relevant to any business I guess so even if I did change tax slightly and go not just for golf pros but for other small medium businesses they'd still be relevant so yeah yeah well there you go I'll convince myself to keep writing yeah keep well, the, 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 the thing that convinces me to keep going is that I know the majority of clubs haven't don't even know that I exist or that the products exist so it's all about the marketing I need to mm. make sure people know about it and then if I've marketed it to death and it's still not selling then that's you know that's the answer but yep Anyway, onwards and upwards. Yes, the struggle will continue. <laughs> cool. All right. Have a good day and a good couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Martin. Cheers, Nick. See you. Bye. Bye.